0: church this morning isn't it it's a beautiful day some of my favorite kind of days snow on the ground a chill in the air and the sun shining it's hard to beat um brother denver wanted me to get up and give a little plug for youth convention before we get started in the service today and um youth convention starts this week on wednesday night and goes through sunday night you're probably familiar with it Um, remember the convention in prayer that god will come and help and move among the young people and older people alike, that God would move in general. We need him to move among us. and um, But remember that. Also, um, if you want to attend youth convention, if you have plans to attend youth convention, and um, you need a ride, youth, um, get a hold of Jill or I, or Pastor Denver, whoever is easiest to get a hold of for you, and um, let us know. Let us know before Wednesday so we can make plans. Um, on giving you a ride if you need to have a ride. Um, I know some of you, if you live on campus, there will be buses going from campus, so that's usually taken care of. But if you live further away from that option, um, please let us know. Don't go because you didn't have a ride. Let us know and we'll try to get you a ride. And um, so if that's needed, um, please contact us. It's something good to go to. If you can't make it to every service, uh, maybe you can make it to the weekend, Friday night, whatever it may be, It's Friday night's a late night, There's services on Saturday morning, and um, there's activities throughout the day on Saturday, and then services each evening um, from Wednesday through um, Sunday. Sunday is a good day also to go. If you can't make it any other day, Sunday would be a great day to go. Sunday morning service, you can stay all day. They'll provide you with every meal that you need, and um, you can also um, stay all the way through the afternoon for the whole day. There will be afternoon sessions that you can get into. um, Different speakers they will have speak on different topics, And usually it's a very good time um, throughout Sunday as well. So whatever the options are that work for you, if you're interested at all in going or have questions about exactly what is it in detail, there's flyers back there. Jill said there's flyers back there. There are flyers back there that you can see the actual schedule. If you have any more questions on details or anything like that, you can look us up and we would be more than happy um, to help you out with that.
1: Thank you, Brother Eric. And let's be praying for the youth convention this week. I wanted to open this morning's service by reading um, a quotation from John Wesley for you this morning. He says, my, he said, my comfort stands not on any opinion, either that a believer can or cannot fall away, nor on the remembrance of anything wrought in me yesterday, but what on what is today, on my present knowledge of God and Christ, reconciling me to himself, On my now beholding the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, walking in the light as he is in the light, and having fellowship with the Father and with the Son, my comfort is that through grace I can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that the Spirit doth bear witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. I like comfort in this and in this only that I see Jesus at the right hand of God, that I personally for myself and not another have a hope full of immortality, that I feel the love of God shed abroad in my heart, sin being crucified to me. My rejoicing is this, the testimony of my conscience, that in simplicity and sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, I have my conversation in this world. Go and find, if you can, a more solid joy, a more blissful comfort, this side of heaven. I'm thankful for a personal assurance of my standing before God this morning. That the Spirit does bear witness with our spirit that we are justified by faith because of the merit of Christ. And it's Him that we exalt this morning. It's Christ that we lift up. It's Christ that we serve. It's Christ that we glorify. Shall we stand together this morning? For a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you today for your love and for your goodness, Lord. And this morning we invite your presence into the service. Father, we've come to worship you and to glorify you. Help us, dear Lord, this morning. Help in the in the singing, Lord, help in the prayer, help in the preaching, God. May you be glorified. May our hearts be drawn closer to you, Father. We will give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Brother Adrian's coming to lead us in our singing. All right, let's get our chorus books.
2: Turn to number 145. 145. I think we sang this a couple Sundays ago. I'd like to make this our theme song for the, for the year. Into His Presence. Let's sing it together 145 in the chorus book into his presence with over to our hymn books and turn to 309. 309. Amen. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome. I trust that's your prayer this morning. 309. I trust our worship is of such that he feels welcome in our presence and we must always strive for that amen all right 147 hymn book 147 i i think this song holds the record for the most verses <laughs> in our hymn book Uh, when we were in the cayman islands the hymn book over there was about that thick imagine trying to play the piano with that trying to keep it all (laughs) together Uh, but there were a number of songs in that book that had six and seven verses but i think this is this one's probably the record for our hymn book Without going through and looking at every song, but we're going to sing all of them. It's a short song, so let's sing it together. Oh, four, a thousand tongues to sing, and let's be ready to use the one that God gave us this morning. Let's sing for His glory. One forty-seven. Thank you, musicians.
1: Amen. As we go to prayer this morning, we do want to continue to remember Anna Stolzfus um, in our prayers. Let's continue to remember her. I believe she is doing better, that the pain has been receding, and so we're thankful for that, thankful for God's help. But let's continue to remember Anna in our prayers. Sister Dutry, Rebecca, continues to need our prayers this morning. Let's be praying for her. Um, the Lord would give her a special physical touch. She needs the Lord's help. Let's be praying for her this morning. Susan Nyman. I continue to remember her. It's possible that she'll be a discharged from the hospital today. We hope so. Um, but just praying for her, the Lord would continue to touch her. Be with her, as Brother Eric already mentioned, the youth convention this week, praying that the Lord would would help at youth convention, that God's will would be done, that God's presence would be there, and, and that young people would have an encounter with God that, that that would that would that would last, that God would just do something in their hearts, that 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 God would help them this week. That's remembering the youth convention, thinking of the speakers and all those involved, that that, that God would give them strength and help and that. Ultimately, he would be glorified, lifted up through all that is done there. Let's remember, let's remember that this morning. You have needs you'd want to mention before we go to prayer today.
3: Remember the May Lucas family? Okay.
1: All right, let's remember this, this family in our prayers this morning.
0: Our bus ministry.
1: Continue to remember the outreach. Um, the, the kids and the families, that God would continue to work in their lives. Let's remembering that this morning. Unspoken needs signify by an upraised hand. God knows about each, each one of those. Let's remember Brother Eric as he'll be preaching uh, in the service this morning. Let's remember the Spanglers uh, down in Florida, that God would bless them and be with them. Let's remember them um, this morning. Let's stand together. Let's lift our voices together to our Savior praying together this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and love. We worship our Savior, for our Savior is a good God, a wonderful God, a God that we If you'll come this time, prepare to receive the morning, the morning offering. Brother Cooler, would you help us out here this morning as well? Announcements to make you aware of, of course, the youth convention's already been mentioned, but that's going on uh, this week. Again, uh, there are flyers out on the foyer table, I believe. And then you can talk to Brother Eric for any details regarding that. Bus and outreach convention is coming up. We'll we hear before we know it, the first full week of March, March 5th through the 7th. More information in your bulletin. More information and schedule is out there on the bulletin board. Uh, but want to make you aware of that announcement. Brother Stefano, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, please? Thank you,
0: Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, for uh, these offerings. Touch and encourage each one, Lord. Maybe someone not able to give Bless them anyway. Bless the use of this offering for thy glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
1: Thank you for that, Crystal and Brittany. I think I think Wesley would have agreed with those words. In Christ alone, my hope is found. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that this morning. During youth convention, one of the things that happens at youth conventions is special, uh, special songs and offertories. And this morning we are privileged because the New Columbia Youth Group participates in that and provides a special over at youth convention but we get to hear it first. They're coming at this time to minister this morning in song after which Brother Eric is gonna bring forward the morning message. God bless them.
0: Amen. Thank you, young people, for that song this morning. Can you trust Jesus this morning? And I just, it's just good to be in God's presence, isn't it? And to think about that and think about that we can trust him. Um, But just um, feeling that maybe before we go on, before we get into the message this morning, maybe someone wants to come and pray about something in your life that you need to trust Jesus about. And uh, maybe there's a struggle you're going through or something that you've been facing And you need God's wisdom. You need God's guidance. You need God's help. And uh, maybe you haven't trusted Jesus in your life with a situation or your circumstance and you want to trust Jesus, maybe for salvation or for a certain issue. But just pause for a couple seconds. If anybody wants to come to the altar and pray, the altar is open. The altar is always open. Um, But just wanted to give an opportunity right now. I feel like God is speaking and I don't want to move on. If, If someone needs to pray about something, a circumstance or an issue in your life, um, God's presence is here for a purpose. He comes for a reason. And it's not just because um, he gets um, just gets kicks out of it or just does it for fun. But when he comes, it's because he's speaking to hearts. and I um, We can trust in him with every circumstance in our life and with every issue. And Crystal, you come back to the piano and just play. Um, Surrender that to God, whatever it is in your life. Maybe there's something that you know right now that you need to trust him with, and maybe that is salvation. Maybe that is a certain thing in your life that God's been talking to you about. And, um, and right now, he's putting his finger on it. He says, I need you to trust me with this right now. I need you to trust me with, with my life. And um, God's so faithful. God's so faithful. And I'm glad that he's here this morning. We just stand together, um, heads bowed, eyes closed, If God is speaking to your heart this morning, I encourage you, I encourage you to come forward and leave it here at the altar this morning. I encourage you to come and and put your trust in him with whatever that thing is that you're dealing with, whatever that circumstance may be. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know that when life happens, things happen. Circumstances, struggles, the things that we deal with on a daily basis, but I'm so glad that I can trust Jesus and he has always met my need. And that's what he's here for. He's here this morning to meet your needs. So I encourage you this morning, if you feel God tugging at your heart, or if there's something you're dealing with, come this morning, bring it to him. If you don't know him as your personal savior, bring that need to him this morning. Say, Lord, I'm tired of messing around, I'm tired of being on the fringes. I feel you speaking my heart this morning and I don't wanna walk away from that feeling. Lord, I remember where I used to be spiritually. I used to be, but maybe my trust in you is lacking and maybe my faith has faltered and I need to come to you this morning and I need to give that to you in my life. Lord, I need you this morning. I want to put my trust in you fresh. I want to put my trust in you new and trust you with this circumstance in my life that maybe I've been carrying for a long time. God is here this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for your help, Lord. We thank you that you're here on purpose. And Lord, we're not worthy of you. Not, we're not worthy of anything. But Lord, when you come, can you come and meet with us, Lord? And you speak to the hearts of the people, Lord, it's so precious. And Lord, how many times have we turned our back on you? How many times have we walked away? And how many times when you've spoken... Have we pushed it aside because now's not the time or there's other things, but Lord, you continue to be faithful time and time and time again to each one of us. Lord, none of us are exempt, but there's times when you come to us and you speak about issues, you speak about circumstances, you wanna draw us closer to you. And Lord, I feel like this morning you're here for a very specific reason. There's already those that are at the altar, Lord. They've stepped forward, they're saying that they have a need that they're praying about and we appreciate that. But Lord, if there's others in this congregation, I pray that you would help them to step out and come and surrender that issue to you, to trust you with that thing in their life. Lord, we thank you this morning for being here. We thank you for your presence, Lord, and we praise you for all that you have done. Just one more opportunity. If anybody wants to come this morning, surrender something to God. Trust him with an issue. The altar's open, and he wants to meet your need. It's his desire to meet your need. He can be your strong tower this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful. If not, then I'd like some to gather in with these that are here and pray with them this morning that God will help them with their needs. They've come forward for something specific, no doubt for sure. The rest of you just uh, kneel in your seats. We'll have a good season of prayer and uh, remembering these that are up here that God will help them and give them guidance and help. Thank the Lord for His help today, and His presence in the service. It's great when He comes, and when He comes, real work can be done in our hearts and lives. If we'll surrender to Him, if we'll trust Him, He'll do those things in our life. Anybody with a testimony? If you got help at the altar this morning, just real quick before we move on. If you have a testimony you'd like to share, what God has done. I mean, if you don't want to go into detail, you just want to give a a quick uh, note of victory. Go ahead.
4: I want the Lord
0: for your help this morning. i going to be like Everything has been going on for the last month and so on, the devil's just been fighting me. And, and uh,
3: my week here is and stuff, and I just need to go this morning and, and just ask Lord to help me and
0: make sure everything is right between him and me. Uh, I just appreciate You gratitude in my life and I love you this morning. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Anybody else? I want to thank the
5: Lord for what he needs me this morning so glad that he walks with us day by day and he meets our every need and the last two weeks he's been so close to me and he's met so many needs just prayers that he answers and as I've aged um, in life and where I work it's a a hurting world out there but God has given me such a a background to testify to people and tell
3: them what Jesus can do for them and how he helps me day by day and I just praise him this morning.
0: Amen. Amen Sherry. Anybody else? Go as planned, but I'm so
3: thankful that we have a God that knows what's going on. He knows um, what you're going through and what He has in mind, and that we can uh, rest in that. We can trust that He knows what is good. He knows what is perfect, and um, what is the best way. And sometimes, even in the place of prayer, when you're trying to find a direction, trying to find God's wisdom, um, Satan likes to come along as well. He tries to. Um, make you doubt that God's really going to give you an answer, and make you fear that maybe you know you won't hear the right way. And He just likes to add a lot of confusion. I'm just thankful today that I can I just surrender those to God. That I've given those voices to Him. That uh, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust Him. That he can and will answer. Yes. That, that He will give what is needed. And Amen. Right. For each answer and each step along the way, I'm trusting Him. I'm resting in Him. He's so good to me and I just love
0: him. Amen. Thank the Lord. Nathan?
3: I okay, was this week again about how much Jesus cares and how much he meets our needs. We drive thousands of miles a year. We're out of state on 8, 10 hour trips at least three or four times a year. And when we left for Christmas vacation to go to Indiana, something told me do not take the van. Take your truck. Take your truck. Take your truck. So okay, I told my wife, we're taking the truck. The so, vacation. To completely explain it, I think we're taking the truck. got <laughs> back to vacation, and there's a guy that I've met with once or twice before, a uh, business thing, just kind of, he gives me financial advice. And I felt, I need to meet with him. I need to meet with him. I set an appointment a week ago, Friday, and I met with him. When I got done meeting with him, he walked out of his business, and he saw a little bit of rust on the side of my truck, above the wheel well on both sides. It's just what happens to all trucks. It's not a priority right now. Do like, you know where Smith Road is at? There's a body shop all the way back here. It's a dead end road. You go all the way back to the back of that T, take a right, and there's a body shop up there that'll fix that. you he's like, oh, okay, good. I'll check it out sometime. Not a priority right now, but I'll check it out sometime. I said, I know that another guy that lives up there. He's my maintenance man from my workplace. He lives just beyond that. I like, oh yeah, I know him too. It's a, Anyway, go forward a few more days. Thursday, I came home from work just this past Thursday. My wife says, You need to test my van. It's making a funny noise. Oh, okay. Big funny noise. It does that sometimes. So I get out, I go up, ask Madison, Do you want to go along? No, not this time. I took just my light coat and I have my hat and I have my gloves. I took the van for a drive. About two miles, it cleared up. The sound went away. Like, okay, we're good. And while I was out driving, I was near that road. I'd go back there, see if I can find that body shop and just ask them about what it would cost to fix my truck or something. I got back there, found a big pole barn, a bunch of buildings around, no signs, nothing that would indicate this is a public business. <coughs> I thought, well, I'll just go to work and ask my friend at work. About it. So I got past that building, turned around, started going back, and my van completely died, stopped no power, no juice, nothing. So here I am sitting on a dead end road, two or three miles from home, snow covered, completely blocking the road. I called somebody to give me a tow to get home, and before they got there, two vehicles came out of that road. And I said, well, I know this maintenance man up here. I know that guy. They're like, oh, that's where we're going. We'll give him a call. And I did not know, the guy I worked with that was just up that road. I'd never been up that road that far. Never knew there was a garage up that road. And that man I worked with is a certified mechanic and lives next door to a guy with a full mechanic shop. And within 20 minutes, they were down there and said, your alternator shop. They got it started and said, well, you can drive home. And we Well, like, oh, it's gonna be a, a pain to place in this and this weather. And the guy whose shop I was looking for, for body work, said, put it in my shop, I'll have it fixed for you in the morning. So all the thousands of miles we drive a year, none of my family was missing me in the cold. It didn't happen to my wife while she was out and about. It happened to me and I broke down a quarter of a mile from a shop that I never had seen before, never knew was there, and only found out one week before the shop even existed. And the guy had it done the very next day for just a little over 300 bucks brand new alternator, And that's where my vehicle broke down. And I just came home completely stunned we have a God that cares for us right. down to the detail. Thousands of We could have been out in Indiana, stuck along the road in the cold. With my whole family. My wife could have been out grocery shopping with the kids. They've been out in the cold. I. And here it was myself, and uh, sitting there for maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes until help showed up. And I, as they were singing that song this morning, about how much He cares for us, I was <laughs> miles back on that road, snow covered gravel road, I felt like I was in the middle of nowhere, like what in the world am I gonna do? And God already had it planned out. You're exactly in the spot where I want you right now. And then I asked the guy, how much it it cost to fix my truck? And the quote he gave me was $1,800 cheaper than the previous guy I had asked a couple years ago. And I'm just amazed that God cares about the details of our life right. so now. deeply. Right that when God. it's time, for to be able to break down. He says, it's going to break down right here. And I am so glad we served
0: an amazing God. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that God knows about those details, even when we're not ready for it? Brother Charlie. I'm
4: glad
3: I can trust Jesus this morning. He knows all about me. I love him this morning. I appreciate him. He's walking with me, and I'm serving him. I love him this morning.
0: Amen. Amen. Anybody else, quickly, before we move on?
5: Well, I'm so thankful that I could Jesus this morning. He's so very good to me. And He's just been showing me more and more how much I can just put my faith and trust in Him. No matter what's going on, no matter the situation, no matter how confused I am about life, or, you know, whatever the case may be, I can just put my trust in Him. And He's going to help me every step of the way. And it's so exciting to think that this present moment isn't where we're living for the rest of our lives. You know, I know at the end of the story. I know where I'm headed at the end of all of this. Yes. And... What I do in this life matters, but it goes so much farther than right now. Like, there's so much more that, that we have in store for us, and we don't just have to live in the gloom and doom of all of this for me. We know what we have ahead of us, and we can put our faith no. and trust in a God who's going to bring us through Praise all of the gloom and doom until we get to heaven, but he just makes it so worthwhile along the way, and he's with right. us, and he walks with us. And it yes. just amazes me to, to know that kind of God who just cares so much, like you was saying he cares so much to walk with us and, yes. and help us, but he's prepared a place for us for when all of this is over that we can just sit in his presence revel and revel in glory and praise him, and it's just so exciting, and I just praise his name that no matter what happens in life, I can put my faith and trust yes. in him, and I can rest in him, and I can look forward to what he has in store for me. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord that we can trust in him
5: talking to someone this week about the fear that can come with things that you don't know. And um, I never want to get to a place where the fear overtakes my trust in Jesus. And I know that God is trustworthy. I know that he's better than that. And like Ricky said, I think sometimes Satan tries to tell us that um, maybe an answer isn't coming or maybe this isn't as important or um, maybe we need to do something different to find the answer. But I'm just so thankful that... In the midst of questions and doubts and even sometimes fear that we can trust Jesus in all of it, and he's so trustworthy, and I'm so thankful that he's my friend, and that he gives me victory,
0: and I love him with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Good testimonies this morning. All right, for stand with me this morning and turn to Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6. Thank the Lord for his presence in the service today. Uh, We're coming and meeting with us, but we still have some time left, and I feel like um, God wants me to leave a challenge with us today uh, from His Word, Judges chapter 6. It's the beginning of a very familiar story of Gideon, and uh, we won't get all the way through this story of Gideon today, but we will, uh, Lord willing, get through part of it. Judges chapter 6, let's begin reading in verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because, the Midianites, and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains, and caves, and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth, Till thou come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which saith unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drave them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Colin, would you pray over the message this morning, please? Amen. You may be seated. So these are familiar words. It seems like you read in Scripture a lot about the children of Israel. And they did wrong in the sight of the Lord. And one more time, we we read about it again. And it seemed like it was a continual process with them, And um, really um, we can probably look back at times in our life when we were kind of doing the same thing. And God had to come back again and back again And because we were trying to find our way or whatever it might be. But thank the Lord for His faithfulness to our hearts. Um, But we see here that there was a real problem among the um, Israelite people. And it says right there in the last verse, verse 10, And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell but ye have not obeyed my voice. And um, so they dwelt in the land of the Amorites, and what had happened was, as happened in the past, they began to fear or worship and reverence the gods of the people who they they dwelt amongst. And um, God warned them about this. It had happened in the past, but time and time again whenever they went to a place or settled among a people, the lines began to be blurred, and pretty soon they started worshiping the gods of the people that they dwelt with. And um, this is a great challenge to us, I believe, as a church. And the day that we live in we begin to see this happen and where the lines are really blurred among the church and the outside world, the world that we dwell in, the world that we live in, um, suddenly we find ourselves, if we're not careful, worshiping the the same things that they worship, reverencing the same things that they reverence. And if you wonder what an idol is, really an idol in our life is anything that takes the place of God anything that's held in high regard and steals time and first place away from God in our lives. And we see this among the Israelite people here again. They're at it again. But really, um, if we look at ourselves and the day that we live in, we're not really far off among our, our, um, our churches, our church movement, maybe the Church of Christ at large, and seeing how lines have, ha- have been blurred and to the place where it becomes, you, you, don't, you can't really tell a difference necessarily between the outside world and those that are in the church because they all worship the same things. They bow down at the same altar um, week in and week out and do the same exact things, and it becomes a great detriment to the spiritual life of the church. It dilutes the spiritual life of the church. And, and uh, we need to be careful, church, in our, in our own church, so we don't do those things. I'm not going to name specific things, because each one of us probably has something that holds a lot more weight in our life than it would for somebody else. And it's those things, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a, uh, an entertainment that the world does that's not a sinful thing, and we're okay to do that. But when it starts to take first place in our life, now we have a problem. And um, but these, they were worshiping false gods and things like that, and it was it was it was very bad. And um, as it had been in times past, and again, Israel's crying out because they're oppressed and crying out, you know, um, because things aren't going the way they ought to be, and they're and and. These people have come against them and every time they plan and they're trying to harvest and these people just come in and take all their food away from them, all their sustenance. And uh, it's very hard to live. Can you imagine trying to live if you didn't have anything to eat, if all your sustenance was taken away and you were constantly oppressed, oppressed, oppressed by an outside force? But that's what, we, that's what happens in our lives. If we begin to worship outside of God and we begin to, to put our weight and our worship and our reverence on things of the world, in turn we live in oppression. In turn, these things that come upon us really are our fault. When we, re- when we resist God and turn away from him, why should we expect him to come at our bidding at any time we want because we've turned our back on him? And here's where the Israelites are again. Moving on, if you, if you have your Bibles open still, moving on, I forgot to remind you that we're going to look down through this chapter more and see what, what goes on here. But we end that verse 10 with, but ye have not obeyed my voice. He doesn't doesn't beat around the bush. He's like, you have not obeyed my voice. There it is. And now there's a decision to be made. But in verse 11, it says, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah and that pertained unto Joash, the Abiezrite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So understand that the Midianites are trying to take all their increase, trying to take all their food, trying to wipe all those things out. And so here Gideon is, he's threshing wheat, but he's doing it over by the wine press because he's trying to hide from the Midianites. He doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want them to know what's going on over there and come and take that away from them because they need something to eat. So he's doing it to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, verse 12, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And I find that interesting. You see Gideon over here, he's hiding from the enemy. Um, he doesn't want to get found out. He doesn't want to get caught with what he's doing. But when the angel of the Lord comes, he looks at this man who's hiding and trying to do things in secret and says, thou mighty man of valor. And it kind of seems like the wrong thing to call him, doesn't it? But it's very interesting how they're so controlled by the people who they dwell among. And i just like to pause long enough to say that that's what happens in our churches, when we get to the point where we don't have that authority of God's Word anymore, the Israelites didn't have that authority of God's people. When they did, nations feared them. Didn't they? Nations feared them. There's no fear from the nations anymore because that power is long since gone because the lines are blurred. The lines are blurred between them and the people that they live among. And so now they're worshiping at the same altar. They're worshiping the same gods. They're involved in the same things. And those people who are trying to do good, Gideon... Even if it's down to trying to find something to eat, the things that they have to do, they have to do in secret because of the afraid of the people out there, of what they're going to do to them or what they're going to say to them. They don't have the spiritual power maybe that they once had where they stood up firmly for what they believed regardless of what the people in the world thought, regardless of what the government might say, regardless of what people looking on might have to say because they had spiritual power, but now It's diluted. Now the lines are blurred. Now they're worshiping the same gods. So now even those that are trying to do good are doing it in secret because they don't have that spiritual power that they once had. But the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon says, listen, if God's with us, then why isn't He moving among us like our fathers used to say? Our fathers used to tell us how the Lord would move among us. He would move among His people. He would be with us. If God's with us, why isn't He moving amongst us? Why isn't that? We already know, right? Because in the verses previous where it said, you have not obeyed. You have gone into worshiping the idols of those people that you dwell among that I warned you not to do. And this is the consequences. But Gideon brings this this up to the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And it's interesting when God comes to us and he sees us and he looks at our life and he wants us to do something great among his kingdom, among his people, and we feel so inadequate. We don't think that we can do it, but aren't you glad that God doesn't see who we are, but he sees what we can be? and when his power takes over when his spirit rules and reigns in our life he can make us what we aren't he can make us exactly what he wants us to be and we can do great things in his kingdom work but we see Gideon now that he's living in this uh, circumstance that he's in he's living in this circumstance and now if he's going to step out and follow what God wants him to do it's going to make a rumble it's going to make it's he's going to have to step out from the crowd and he's going to have to be seen and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a spectacle now. He's going to have to step out and show himself forth that he's going to do what God wants him to do. And it's going to take the strength. It's going to take the power of God for him to be able to do that. But he's told right here, listen, why can't you go out and do this? Because I'm sending you. I'm the one that's sending you. I'm the one that's giving you the power to do what otherwise you can't do. And I want to challenge us this morning as we said in our church, as I talked about, and it seems like at times we're blurring the lines as the children of Israel did, and we're worshiping with the same altars that the world is. Um, I'm gonna tell you also, young people, that if you're gonna step out and you're gonna serve God, it's gonna it's gonna sometimes meet even resistance within the church, within your own church people, unfortunately, and we'll see that later on here in the scripture. But it's gonna take some fortitude. It's gonna take knowing that God is standing behind you and He's helping you to step out and step forth and to make a difference where you are but each one of us the church um, is made up of individual people and if the church is going the direction it is then maybe we should look at our own selves and look within and say lord help me to not be a part of the problem but help me to be a part of the solution help me not to worship at those things where the world worships help me to be careful what i do and how much time i spend on things and make sure that i'm about your business But here Gideon is given a challenge, and and the angel comes and tells him, you can go and do this. You can save Israel as one man, because I'm sending you. I'm sending you. I'm putting this great task before you, but I'm going to give you the help and strength to do it. Verse 17, and he said unto him, if I now, this is Gideon speaking, if I, he said unto him, if I now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, and unleavened cakes of an ephah, a flour. The flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him, under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them on this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up a fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. So Gideon goes, and he gets together this little meal, this thing is a sacrifice, so to speak, and he brings it. And and the sacrifice is burned up. Let's read on. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, For because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, and called it Jehovah Shalom unto this day, is yet in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. And it came to pass that night, so we see Gideon starting to step forth. He's starting to say, you know what? He's humbling himself. He's coming before God. He's surrendering himself to God. He's starting on this journey of doing what God has asked him to do, and he's stepping out. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, and even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, remember that, throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. So now we see Gideon going out. He's going to throw down this idol from the world. He's going to throw down this idol of the countries that they live among, this false god. He's going to throw it down. But who's he afraid of? Is he afraid of those people? Is he afraid of the Midianites? No, he's afraid of his father's household. He's afraid of the men of the city. And unfortunately, that it's come to that place. It's become so bad among the Israelite people that if he's going to do God's will and he's going to throw down a false god, he's going to meet resistance among his own ranks. And it's a shame. It's a, it's a bad shame. But, um, but we live in a day where we see this even happening. And um, Lord, help us to stand firm where we stand. And even when we have to do things or God asks us to do something specific and we have to step out and when we know it's His will and are determined it's His will and we go forward to do it, whether or not we meet resistance among our own people, we have to step forth and do God's will. And it could happen. It could happen, depending what it is or what God asks us to do. When we start touching on issues or touching on things in people's life or idols that they hold dear to them and has really taken first place in their life over God, and when we start stepping out and saying, you know what, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to do that. We're not going to get involved in those things. We're going to be careful when it comes to the world and what we allow in our home or in our church or among our people. Don't be surprised when you meet resistance among your very own family or among those that are in your church family or the church world at large. But Gideon was afraid of his own people. He had to do it in secret because of them, not the outsiders. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. Now, remember, it says that this was his father's altar of Baal. And um, just thinking about us in our own lives, um, sometimes, and I'm excited about our young people, church, I'm excited about our young people. And it just does my heart good to see them up there, and I'm excited about them, I'm proud of them. Those are my people. And um, I appreciate our young people and their desire to serve God. There's a lot of good young people that I see that have a desire to serve God with a pure heart. And what that does is sometimes we might have to step back and not hold such a tight rein on them and let them follow God with their whole heart. And I'm not saying let them go out and get messed up in different things. But sometimes uh, I remember reading... uh, A statement by A.W. Tozer that really stuck out to me, and I repeat it a lot sometimes, where he said about the the children of Israel, every so many generations would raise up a, a generation in Israel that desired to know God for real. They desired to know Him for real and get out of the dead formalism of their ancestors. And I like the heart of, of our young people and what I see in them. And there's a lot of desire to do God's will, a lot of desire to go out and do things. And sometimes if it doesn't look exactly like the cookie cutter that we grew up in, doesn't mean that they're not doing exactly what God wants them to do. And they need our prayers. They need our support. And we know that they're sincere and they're following God and they have God's spirit living in their heart and life. I believe that with my whole heart. But we see times where um, in, our, in our generation we've seen it a lot, and I was thinking about, maybe having some of us stand up by age, but there's a lot of young people in our service today. But I know that some of us in my generation, and even older than me, who as time went on and they're young people, they allowed their children, maybe they stayed away from the things of the world, but they allowed their kids to get involved in things of the world that normally they wouldn't have done. And um, for whatever reason it might be, they were looser, but I've seen times where what, what the parents allowed the children to do, eventually the parents started following after their children. And and doing the things that they didn't used to do, getting involved in things they didn't used to get involved in, but when their kids started going that direction, the children started going that way, the parents kind of followed after, and it's not very uncommon. And um, but also, I've seen among our young people and young people around in our movement who they've stepped out from their parents. They've started to drive in some stakes. They're starting to tighten up the walls a little bit, and they're starting to throw out some idols that maybe they got from their parents. They're starting to throw some of them things out and I see it and it's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to me to see young people who wanna know God for real and they wanna do what he wants them to do. And, And we see here where Gideon stepped out, even though it was not popular, Gideon stepped out and we'll see here what happens. We'll see here what happens even in his own father's home. Remember, he took his father's idol, he took his father's idol and he cast it down. So they're coming after Gideon. Let's read verse 30 again. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring out thy son that he may die because he hath cast down the altar of Baal and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that pleadeth for him, let him be put to death whilst it is yet mourning. He says, look, you want to plead for Baal? That was his idol. You want to plead for him? we'll we'll have you put to death this morning. We won't even wait till the afternoon. We'll just take care of this business right now. If he be a God, let him plead for himself because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore, on that day, he called him Jeroboam. This is Gideon called Jeroboam saying, let Baal plead against him because he hath thrown down the altar. And we see when Gideon got the gumption, when he did what God wanted him to do and God's spirit helped him, when he stepped out, his dad stepped in line, and he said, "No, no, you know we're not going to do anything to him. You going to plead for this God? If he's a real God, then let him plead for himself. And if you're pleading against him, you can be put to death right now." He just he just got right in line, and young people and older people and people in general, if God's asking you to do something, don't be afraid to step out and do it because there are people that are watching your life, um, parents, there are children that are watching your life, and it's a the home is a is a battleground, especially in the world that we live in today. And we can't afford, we can't afford to drop the ball. We can't afford to allow those things in the world to creep in into our homes and allow it to be a detriment to our children. But whoever you are and whatever God's asking you to do, don't be afraid to step out and do it. Because when you do, when someone takes the initiative, when someone surrenders everything to God and says, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, guaranteed there's going to be people who are going to raise up and get in line. Let's read on. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. So here come the enemies. They come all in. They pitched in the valley of Jezreel. They're perched. They're waiting. They're ready to attack. But listen to the story now. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh who also gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So when Gideon got in line, when God's Spirit came upon him and he determined he was going to do what God wanted him to do and he threw down that, the idol of Baal and he started making that turn in the right direction towards God, God came and gave him the strength of his Spirit. And now he blows a trumpet, now he calls out, And here comes his people in his town. They get behind him. Then the rest of the the people of the nation, they start gathering in and getting behind him because now someone stood up. Someone wasn't afraid to take a stand among the people. And I want to challenge us this morning. That's as far as we can go. It's already getting late because of our service, but um, there's a lot more in there that goes on and continues in the story of Gideon and how it moved on and, and went on to where they had the final victory in the battle. And there's a lot we could talk about, but this morning I want to challenge you Go God's direction. Don't allow an idol, even the, the, the smallest of idol in your life, whatever it may be, take the place of God in your life. Don't allow that because it may seem so small, but it dilutes our spiritual strength. And it has. We see it. We're living in a day where we see it, where we blurred the lines between the world and the church, and it has taken our spiritual strength. And um, if we're gonna do something about it, I encourage you, step out. Do what God asks you to do. Ask him to search your heart. Say, Lord, What is there in my life? You know, I might—I think that I might be the least, you know, not only um, among this small tribe, but I'm the least in, in my dad's family. I'm all the way at the bottom. I can't do anything about this. But there's no limit to what God can do with a life that's surrendered to him. There's no limit to what he can do. And if we will step out, if we'll take the initiative in our family and we'll hold firm where we are, don't be surprised when people start to get in line. Don't be surprised when your church revival starts to happen because you've allowed God to have personal revival in your life. I challenge us this morning, do as Gideon did. When he was met with it, he cried out and said, oh Lord, if, if you're with us, then how comes you're not moving among us like you used to, like we used to hear?" And it was brought back on his lap and said, well, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you deliver Israel. I'm gonna have you turn Israel back. And he met the challenge and he started to follow after God and and rested in him for his strength. Dear Lord, we thank you this morning for each one of those that are here today in this service. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you will be with us and that we can trust in you as we heard this morning. and, And we can trust in whatever you ask of us to do, whatever you want for us to do, Lord. We thank you for that and we praise you for that this morning. Lord, we pray that you go with each one of us today, that you would, you would challenge our hearts, help us to be, be firm in what we believe, help us to be careful in what we do, help us to follow exactly what you would have for us to do, not give ear to the world, not bow to the idols of the world, and allow those things to come into our life and to ruin our homes and to come in and dilute our church and, and push the Spirit of God out where we lose our power to do your work and to do your will. Lord, I pray you go with each one this morning, keep your hand of protection upon them, Bring us back safely tonight, Lord. We thank you and praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are dismissed.